I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of your Business Boost podcast. Now, when you hear the word menopause, you might think it's something that happens to your mom or your nan. I know for me, it was always something that I thought would happen to me when I was an old lady. But what I didn't realize until it was way too late is that menopause is just a date. It's perimenopause that can last up to 10 years before you actually go through menopause that has the wildest impact on us as women. And it's something that's very rarely talked about until now. The generations of women before us just put up with it and put up with the debilitating symptoms and side effects of perimenopause. But now women with influence are being impacted and they're bringing awareness to it. And with this awareness comes change. So according to the statistics, if you are my typical listener, then you may already be in perimenopause. Or if you aren't right now, it's not far off. So this is one of those things. It's probably like the only thing that every woman is going to go through at some point. And I'm sorry to say there is no getting out of this. It is something that has an impact on you and your ability to run your business. It impacts your health. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your confidence. It is monumental. And this month is menopause month. So I thought it would be perfect timing to bring my friend and proud Perry warrior, Shelley Horton, on the podcast to have a chat about this. So Shelley is a journalist. She's a TV presenter, keynote speaker, and MC, and she also runs her own business, Shellshocked Media. Now today, Shelley and I have a really open, honest discussion about the impact of perimenopause. These are the conversations that need to be had. And both of us feel really strongly about the importance of sharing this information because when we know better, we can do better. And you can see from the episode duration that this is a long episode. Um, It's longer than normal, Um, slight departure in content from our regular episodes, but it's no less valuable because this is the stuff that does impact your business. So not to freak you out, this is designed to be like a fun chat between two friends, highlighting the impact that perimenopause has. But I will warn you up front, Shelley and I are both very, very open about our experiences. We go there with everything, the ins and outs of perimenopause, the symptoms, the topics of things like depression, suicidal thoughts, divorce, miscarriage. So I wanted to let you know that up front so that if 
any of those are triggers for you, I suggest that you skip this week's episode and join us next week. Um, But if you have heard the term perimenopause thrown around the place, if you've got friends who you think may be in that stage, or if you think that you may be in that stage, or if you know that you are in that stage, you are going to get so much out of my chat with Shelley today. I also want to caveat that none of what we talk about is should be taken as medical advice. Shelley says many, many times throughout our chat that you must speak to your medical professional, but also if you are not getting the right help that you need, change providers. Do not accept answers from someone that are not helping you. Um, Something I will also mention is that Shelley and her bestie, Dr. Ginny Mansberg, and Ginny Mansberg is a medical doctor, have created an awesome online program called Don't Sweat It. And it is designed for people who have staff to help them manage and support perimenopause and menopause in the workplace. So I'll put all the links um, to that in the show notes. Um, But as always, if you have found today's episode helpful, please let me know and let Shelly know as well. Share this with your friends, your family, anyone who you think may need to hear this really important conversation. So strap yourself in for my chat with my friend, Shelley Horton. Shelley, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to see your beautiful face over the Zoom. I am so excited to see you. It feels like forever since we've crossed paths. I know. I know I miss you being in Sydney, but I'm so happy for you and your new life in Queensland. And I am really, really happy that you agreed to come on and have this conversation with me because these are the conversations that we need to be having. And I'm just so thankful that you are out there in the world sharing what you're sharing because it's normalizing this, you know, so-called using the air quotes, secret women's business. Um, You know, I remember back to like, you know, periods we used to sneak off to the office toilets with our tampon tucked into our fist. And now girls are, you know, they've got their boyfriends tracking their cycles and giving them hot water bottles to ease their cramps. And I'm really, really hoping that what the work that you are doing is going to help normalize these conversations around menopause and perimenopause because we need things to change. So first of all, tell me and our listeners, what prompted you to start talking about your experience and what happened when you started sharing? So I'll be super honest and vulnerable and tell you that Perimenopause hit me in 2020, right in the smack of COVID. So I had never heard the word perimenopause before. Really? Never even heard the word. I thought menopause was, you know, your grey-haired old ladies clutching yep. pearls and their period stops and they had hot sweats. That's it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't even know about any other symptoms. And I just figured, you know, at that stage, I was 46. I'm now 49. I'm like, I'm still hot and fun. Like, yeah. that's not going to happen 
Um, so once I started getting symptoms, I wrote them off as COVID symptoms. So I was very anxious and I'm not an anxious person. I I got depression for the first time in my life. And so it's very easy when you were struggling through COVID to say, well, that's because of COVID and I'm struggling and I've got to keep my business alive. And then I got very tearful. And again, I just thought, oh, I'm just so emotional because of COVID. And then it wasn't until I got my period back, which sounds weird, but I have a, a marina, which basically for me has stopped my period for 12 years. I love it. It's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, and I've had three. That's how this is because they only last five years. I love them. I love them. I love them. And all of a sudden, September 2020, I just started bleeding and it didn't stop. Like I had a period, one period lasted, I think, 34 days and another lasted 62 days. Can you oh imagine? Oh, my God. Well, and again, I went to the GP and said, I'm really not coping with COVID. The stress is so bad. I am bleeding really erratically. Oh my God. And then it was the GP who said, could it be perimenopause? And I'm like, peri what? Like I didn't know what it was. And I was really upset mm-hmm. that, one, I consider myself a fairly informed person. I yes, mean, I'm for a women's website, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. Um, what is it on your job title, Shelley? <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous, right? And my my bestie, Dr. Ginny Mansberg, wrote a book called The M Word a year before that, and I had dutifully posed and put it on my socials and put <laughs> it on my shelf because I'm like, well, that's not me. <laughs> that's for those old ladies. Um, so it was so, such a shock. And then, of course, they have to be very um, diligent. So I did then have to get like cervical cancer screenings and make sure that the IUD hadn't been misplaced and all of this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. even getting um, an answer was quite stressful because there was lots of scary stuff had to be ruled out. Mm-hmm. But then the GP that I originally saw was kind of like, oh, we can put you on some HRT. And and I was just like, well, and I, I think because I was so ill-informed about it, I was a bit, so you'll be surprised to hear this, a little bit bossy and dominant. <laughs> so I was just like, well, no, I don't want a gel one. I won't be compliant with that. I just want tablets, blah, blah, blah. And just completely like, even though I had no knowledge and I'm an idiot, uh, so I just didn't get put onto the right HRT. And yeah. so I didn't get any benefits of the HRT. Mm-hmm. Then it just got worse and my depression got worse. And you know me. I am yeah. bubbly. I am very um, energetic. I go, go, go. And I honestly had times where I couldn't get out of bed. And I, But the weird thing was, like, I didn't want to watch TV. I didn't want to read. I didn't even sleep. I just lay in bed. Wow. And that was what got my husband worried. Yeah. Um, and I had days where I didn't shower. Like, it it's, oh, so textbook. Wow, Shelley. it's so textbook for depression yeah. and yet I didn't see it as that. Mm-hmm. So it was, and, and the crying, the crying, because I'm, I mean, yes, I will cry if it's like a puppy video yes. on, yeah. on TikTok or something, guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not much of a crier crier and I would just cry for no reason. And 
all of a sudden, I remember one time I was on the cross trainer and I started crying. <laughs> and, my, and it wasn't just because I, I don't blame you, Shelly. <laughs> um, but my husband, Darren, is like an earth angel and he handled it so beautifully. And he just said, you know what? I think there's something up with the chemicals in your brain. So let's, I think it's time to see Dr. Ginny. Mm-hmm. She's written a book on it for Christ's yes. sake, you know. Yeah. And Ginny has always, and I've said that she will never be my GP because I can't drink wine with someone who does my pap test. Like it's just not, <laughs> nah, can't do it. But in this stage, I'm, um, Darren was sort of overruled and just said, we've got to see Ginny. So we got to Ginny and she's like, you are very perimenopausal. And so she put me on a different HRT and she said, look, I want to put you on a mild antidepressant. And I was shocked at how ashamed I felt about that, how even though I don't judge anyone else on their mental health, mm-hmm. I really honestly felt like I'd let myself down um, and this isn't me and, you know, it was it was actually a, my head was a horrible place to be for that six months. Yeah. And then um, that first one wasn't strong enough. So yeah. I was seeing a counsellor as well because Ginny is very, yeah. you know, strict with Obviously. that. So I was seeing yeah. a counsellor yeah. and the counsellor actually said, look, the antidepressant you're on is actually what teenagers normally take. So you might need something stronger. Mm-hmm. But again, because I haven't ever had mental health issues before, I didn't know that you have to taper off before you can try a different one. God. But then it was another couple of months. And then I probably shouldn't say a brand name, but I found my antidepressant. Uh-huh. And I swear, within a couple of days, I'm like, kapow, back. I'm back. back. And I was like, what the hell have I been fighting? Mm. And I honestly, so it, yeah, it would have been six to nine months of dealing with all of these symptoms and this horrific depression. Mm. And it was fixed just with some medication. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, who was I? Yeah. Why? And, and why did it take me so long to ask for help? Mm. So that was my perimenopause uh, introduction. And it was really rough. And I felt let down because I didn't feel like women were talking about it. Like it was secret women's business. I even had my mother, I was, because I was still very teary. I ended up sending, well, I actually, I wrote a story. This is ridiculous. I wrote a story for Nine Honey talking about how much I was judging myself for my depression and how the stigma is still out there, particularly the stigma to yourself. Mm. And I wrote in the story, I'm still so uncomfortable about being on antidepressants. I haven't even told my family, which is fine, except when we are going to publish it nationally. And my editor rang me and just went, um, I'm not going to publish this until you tell your family. Your family. I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. Anyway, so because I was still very teary and I hadn't had the um, benefits of the antidepressants yet, I sent a text to my mother and I was like, Darren talked me into seeing the doctor and I'm seeing Ginny and I've been put on HRT and I'm I'm got antidepressants and I'm seeing a counselor and Mm -hmm. So it's just perimenopause has been really, really bad for me. And, and, but it's okay. Every, I'm, I'm completely, I'm being looked after. And then my mum texted back, chin up. <laughs> God. That was it. Oh. That, 
her generation. Yeah, that it is. I think that my is just one generation apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she now, you know, three years on, we have amazing conversations about it. And I've, she's told me the horror stories of the flooding that yeah. she's had and mm -hmm. the fact that she's 73 and she's still getting hot flushes mm -hmm. and stuff like that where I'm like, it's a nightmare. Mm. But she's just like, you never spoke about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is where it's part of my DNA to bring a voice to these taboo topics. You know, I feel like I did it. 10 years ago when I came out as, you know, child-free by choice, that was yeah. very taboo back then. Yep. Now I'm like, you know what? It's time to talk about perimenopause and menopause because if other people had spoken about it, I wouldn't have taken nine months to seek help. And yeah. that's nine months of my life that I can't get back. Yes. And that right. chunk, I was less productive at work. Mm -hmm. I had the most horrible thoughts. I you know, nearly quit Channel 9, like that's what wow. I love, you know. Yeah. So I really feel like it's part of uh, what I do is blowing the coals so that we can get some action on this because it's time, ladies, we've got to talk about it because women communicate through talking. This is how we learn. This is how we educate each other. And I also think that men aren't the cavemen that we used to, you know, think that they are. They care. They My do. My husband has been amazing. Mm. He has had to be on this Perry roller coaster with me. Mm. And I he deserves a medal for what he has had to, you know, put up with. And I don't think I would have coped at all if I hadn't had his support. So I think we underestimate men often. And that's why I think. Everyone needs to learn about it, not just women. Not just women, absolutely. And I'm, you know, like so many women, I like, it's like anything. And I think, you know, I have these conversations with um, particularly like around things like miscarriage and mm. infertility and divorce and um, all those big sort of life things that happen. And it's not really until you've gone through it and then you're like looking for those people, those like you're looking for other people's stories to help you feel better about your experience. And I know like when I was going through my divorce, I felt like there was, you know, I was like, who else is in, you know, who else is here with me? Like who is, who's experienced this before me? Because those sharing our stories helps the women that come after us absolutely and just so you know um, my divorce was 15 years ago so been there as well exactly <laughs> and I just think that's and and you know it's funny it's like you know and I remember you know I, I um when I had, I had a miscarriage in between my two girls and when that happened it's like even then, like I didn't tell that many people when it happened, but then when you tell people, they're like, oh, well, I've had three miscarriages or whatever. Yeah. Like there's always these things. And happen. don't tell anyone for 12 weeks because you might lose the baby. Oh, and I'm like, God. why would you not want your loved ones to support you if you lose the baby? Lose the baby. That's right. And that's, it's that's the thing that doesn't make sense in my head. But there's And, again, still, that's changing. Exactly. And it's that stigma and it is that legacy and God love our mums and, <laughs> and, and, and our grandmas and everything. 
everything, but you're what you, you hit the nail on the head. Like they just they they just put up with it because they, that was the generation. They soldier on. They did, but we are the ones that are changing that. And then obviously, you know, the, the like my daughters and and the other women that are coming up behind us. It's not going to be that way for them, and right. and I'm really excited for them because it shouldn't be. And like you said, look at what you went through. You yeah. went through this for nine months. I have conversations, Shelley, with women who are women who have been putting up with these symptoms and this impact on their life for years and years and years, and they just think that they need to just put up with it. And um, so, yeah, I'm just so, I'm so pleased that you are sharing because um, something that, you know, you touched on and I want to go a little bit deeper mm. because you are, you are, you know, you sort of glossed over the Channel 9 thing, but you are one of the hardest women, working <laughs> women I know, seriously. Like Channel 9 is just one of the strings in your bow. You have your own business. You you do so much emceeing work and you, you are just, you are everywhere all the time you work so hard but I'd be really interested to know because we haven't talked about this previously about the impact that perimenopause has had on you like as a business owner how are you working different now to say you know three years ago before you started going through this being brutally honest okay very very different so before um, perimenopause I would always operate at almost burnout you know (laughs) that's just what I did Mm. I just kept going kept going kept going and I kind of think I was addicted to that adrenaline rush and it wasn't until perimenopause you know sat me on my ass with depression that things unraveled and I lost my joy for working I actually lost my work ethic so I wasn't hustling. I didn't want to, and I didn't want to go to the TV station. I had I, I remember this one particular day because it's just so vivid in my mind. I went into Channel 9, but because it was still COVID, we weren't in with the host. We were in a separate studio. So you actually just go in by yourself. Yeah. You may as well have done it by Zoom, you know, but it's proper cameras. Yeah. I did it. And I was driving home and I was going um, across the Harbour Bridge and I actually was just like, I may as well just like turn the car left off the bridge because I just embarrassed myself nationally. I, I, I should probably like quit before they sack me because I'm so, everything I said was, in, was, was pathetic. I, you know, people will just think I'm so such an idiot. Like the, the self-talk was so awful and then, of course, that then made the tears come and I was like in floods of tears when I got home. And I just think that even just surviving that mm. is, is so hard for anyone to get through. Yes. So now that I am medicated and very happily medicated, yeah. it's still different. Yeah. So I'm on HRT and antidepressants. Mm. I love them both. Mm-hmm. So HRT for me really helps, uh, con- contributes to helping control my hot flushes, my brain fog, all of that sort of thing. And then the 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 antidepressants obviously are helping with mood and, you know, for me 
It has stabilised me for a lot, but I still have times where I would call it, instead of breakthrough bleeding, it's breakthrough depression. Ah, so okay. I will yeah. have, and I'll give you an example because it happened only a month ago. Yeah. I got down to Sydney. I had, I did this to me, right? So there's no one else to blame. Mm-hmm. I had to film with Ben Fordham for He Said, She Said. I had to do Today Extra in the morning and then I had to do Talking Honey that afternoon. So I had 26 segments of TV. I remember <laughs> yes I'm having a flashback now keep going yes so (laughs) I and I have to script all of those and do the research and get my opinion and then do it and we record it as live so there's no pickups or anything like that so it is adrenaline filled but the night before because I have to pay for my own flights and my hotel and everything I was just being a tight ass. And so I got a cheaper flight that was, you know, arriving at like 8.30 at night on a Sunday. I then decided, you know what, Ubers are hiking up prices. I'll get a taxi. I got in the taxi. I was on my phone, didn't pay attention. He hadn't turned the meter on. So on a Sunday night from the airport to North Sydney, he tried, he charged me $120, which should be about $60. Yeah. Um, and what happened was because I was so busy on my phone, he just handed over the, you know, the tap and go. Oh, I tapped yeah. it. So I'd already paid. Uh, so I then got angry at him and I'm like, hey, you're a liar, you know. <laughs> you're a a thief you know ridiculous like again who am I then I checked into the hotel and I booked it and it was so shit it was only like $150 a night because I was just like it's one night who cares Mm. and I got into this shit shit box of a hotel room after having a fight with a taxi driver (laughs) getting in late knowing I had to perform all day the next day Mm. and I cried the hardest I think I've cried in my life Oh, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And so I rang Darren and he was so worried. He rang Dr. Ginny and Ginny rang me saying, do you need me to come and be with you? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to hurt myself, but I just, I can't stop crying. Mm. And um, this is not great medical advice and she's probably going to be furious with me for telling you this, but <laughs> she said, do you have any Valium with you? And I'm like, yep. She's like, only because I know your tolerance levels, please take a Valium and some wine. Because <laughs> she said the only thing <laughs> to do is knock yourself out because mm-hmm. tomorrow you'll feel better. Yeah. But you can't do anything but get to tomorrow. Mm. So anyway, I did that, had some wine, had a Valium, slept very well, <laughs> very, very well, woke up the next day and went, what the hell was that? And so that is still happening to me, even on antidepressants. So I don't want people to think, you know, take some meds and you're completely fine and symptom free. It's not like that. So what I have found is I need to look after myself. Mm. So if that means that I don't book extra jobs in like that, I say, actually, that's going to take two days, whereas normally I'd do it in one day. I've started doing that with my MCing. I used to love, you know, do a nighttime event followed by a breakfast, you know, bang, bang, bang. I now won't do emceeing unless it's for the one client who's got like a three-day conference or something, but I won't do two separate clients on two separate days Mm -hmm. because I know how much it takes out of me now. Yeah. It never used to. It used to Mm -hmm. feel help. Mm -hmm. It used to like 
empower me and, and, and get me excited. And I still get that joy from it, but I just know now I need recovery time. Yeah. And that's about listening to your body and also say no to the shit jobs because <laughs> I used to do so many shit jobs that didn't pay that well. So I'm just not going to fill my schedule with stuff that doesn't value me or doesn't make fill me up. Yes. So I've been more selective with my work and that's been a massive change. Um, and I think the other thing is moving to Queensland has changed the pace at which I work. So I, in Sydney, as you know, I mean, I used to be the gossip columnist. I was, I was out at events, you know, three time. or four events a night sometimes. Um, and so the flow on from that is I used to just say yes to anyone who invited me to anything because mm -hmm. I was just into that habit. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, do I actually want to go? Not really. Not really. Like the only benefit is, you know, some free booze and cannabis. I don't really need that in my life. I would rather be on the couch with the puppies and my husband than out doing that sort of thing. So it has definitely changed. Um, I've also got to be aware of my temper because I <laughs> I can have a little bit of the rage the sometimes. Rage. Like if a client hasn't played an invoice and I'm like, I'm, you know, want to just rip their heads off and instead have to think that, then type the, hey, just checking in, see if you can speak to accounts. Um, so yeah, it's really has changed my work the and the pace that I work at, but I think it's kind of for the better because it's it's really let me cut ties with some of the stuff that I just didn't actually need in my life and enjoying having a bit more space. Yeah. And it's it's isn't it such a shame that it has to get to that oh. that to happen because I mean I have uh, you know something that I sprout a lot is I think we give less fucks after forty like you know yes and and it's it's like you are more discerning um, and that rage is real like I yeah. know like it's like an alien is taking over your body. And, you know, there will be people listening to this going, oh, my God, it's like, yeah. but you can't fight it. Like you don't, it, you know it's happening it's like and an there is experience. nothing you can yeah. do about it. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just can't, and that's, and, and that's the next thing that I wanted to talk about because obviously we're talking to you as a business owner, yeah. as, you know, as, as quite an independent operator but this stuff is going on in workplaces like cor mm. big corporates and you know the the those the impact that perimenopause and menopause is having on women in organizations large small all over the, the world a, a stat that came from you was something like you know on any given day 78 percent of women are aged in that sort of yeah. band, 45 to that yeah, yeah, in in the Australian work workforce. So that means that they're experiencing those symptoms at work. At work, at, like what the hell? Like it's yeah, just but the like, stats get worse, Michelle. So honestly, you then look at our, well, this is from the UK, yeah. but of that group of women, which is a massive part of the workforce. Huge and, and growing. It's also where women are 
leaders and they because this is the peak of their career Mm -hmm. and there was a great uh term that came from the european um menopause society and they have started calling uh workplace menopause the hormonal glass ceiling but not only do you have the glass ceiling of trying to get your way to the top you then have another one the hormonal glass ceiling which erodes your confidence and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. The stats show 10% of women aged between 45 and 54 in the workplace will quit. They will quit their jobs because of their symptoms. And part of it is the sandwich generation. So you've got kids and you've got ageing parents. You've got to look after both of those. So what can you drop? You can't drop your kids. You can't drop your parents. You can drop your job. Drop your job. Then on top of that, um, 14% choose to go part-time. And another 8% either say no to a promotion or ask for a demotion. Dr. Ginny told me, actually, she had a a client, patient came into her and she was a high-flying lawyer and her perimenopausal symptoms were so bad, she lost all of her confidence and she basically quit and became a receptionist. She was just, she said she couldn't take on anymore. I've got a girlfriend who did exactly that. Like she, she was, she was in a very senior HR position and just from the effects of, say the effects, the impact that menopause had on her, she, she did exactly that. Yeah. And is now, yeah, she's like a, she's not, it's like, she's like an admin assistant. And look, nothing wrong with that. But Absolutely when, nothing but, wrong but, with that. But, but when you have spent your whole yes, career oh my gosh. to a certain point, yeah. to then voluntarily take yourself mm-hmm. out of that race, yeah. it shows that something's very broken. And I guess this leads me to what I've done with Dr. Ginny. So mm-hmm. Ginny had mentioned to me while I was going through the start of Perry that, you know, we should do something about this. You know, we should create a course or something. And I did not have the bandwidth. Like, mm. I, I barely cope with what you had to cope I, with. I was, you know, struggling yeah. to get out of from under the doona. Mm. And then, though, once I got my energy back and, you know, the antidepressants were kicking in and all that, so I'm like, shit, yes, this is actually an untapped market. So we've created a course called Don't Sweat It. Uh-huh. And what it is, it's a one-hour course available to anyone for making your workplace more menopause and perimenopause friendly. Now, the thing is, we've designed it so that everyone from, uh, you know, the, the admin kid all the way up to the CEO does it. So we're not talking about dry vaginas and libido. That's not a workplace issue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what we're talking it about is, is at the water cooler. <laughs> hot flushes, brain yeah. fog, and anxiety and depression, because those are the three major symptoms. And yeah. workplaces really can help. Mm. So, first of all, Dr. Ginny explains, you know, what is perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause? Because we, we don't even use the right terminology. Mm. Menopause is one day. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's 12 <laughs> I, months since your last period. It's one day. And then after that, you're postmenopausal. Now, so when I say those menopausal gray haired old ladies, no, that's not the right term, even. Mm. So, you know, getting the, the language right. And then also, talking about employment matters and how 
it's actually part of keeping a healthy workforce is so important. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing. Sure, there might be some businesses who want to tick a box to be, you know, a good business. But how about we're just talking about the bottom line? If you are losing 10% of your staff mm. in that age group, there are huge recruitment costs to replace those incredibly talented and experienced women. Yes. So let's look at the bottom dollar here, you know, bottom line. It's mm. costing you money. Mm. So we've looked at it and basically have spent nearly a year researching and putting this course together. And I'm so proud of it. Um Obviously, Ginny and I present it. We're both TV gals, so it's certainly not dull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my husband filmed it and, and edited it. So it's been an absolute labour of love. We've completely backed ourselves and put our own money into it. And I think it's going to be the game changer for my career. I do believe that um, because I think we're on a precipice at the moment. No one's been talking about menopause. No one's been talking about it in the workplace. And then all of a sudden you've got Naomi Watts is talking about menopause. Yeah. You've got Courtney Cox has started talking about menopause. And I'm like, ooh, once celebrities start actually opening up about it, it's yeah. like, you know, opening up Pandora's box. Yeah. But a lot of the conversations out there are just about how to cope with it yourself. What yeah. we want is to get the workplaces to support you because as I wouldn't have gone through nine months of that if I actually had more information because education is key. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been one of those things that I know that we're behind, let's say, the UK. Yeah. Dr. Ginny and I actually went to the Australasian Menopause Society Conference in Cairns. Yeah. Can I just ask who the hell chose Cairns? <laughs> the it's hottest so place in the way. country. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm having a hot flush just being here. <laughs> but the most interesting thing was their entire three-day conference started with a researcher from Monash Uni called Gavin Jack, Professor Gavin Jack, and his entire lecture was about menopause in the workplace. Wow. So it is a key, key yeah. element, mm. and it's going to help so many people. And what we've found with people who've done our course already mm. is not only does it help with having more conversations in the workplace without the stigma, mm-hmm. also the flow-on effect is I've had some young girls who've done it who then contacted me and said, I was such a bitch to my mum. Yes. Only I know. (laughs) You know, like mom's going through it now. And now I've had a chat to her and she's done the course, you know. So there's that. The other side, we've had, uh, you know, what I would call the grumpy old gray men saying, Oh my God, thank you. I think you've just saved our marriage Mm -hmm. because my wife's going through it and I just have been playing golf to get away from it. Yep. And then we had this fabulous gay guy who said, oh, thank God, how the hell was I supposed to know how to manage staff who were going through this? Mm. So it is it is for everyone. And, it's, and also I don't believe in menopause leave, so I know a lot of people are campaigning for menopause mm. leave, but mm. six days off a year is not yep. going to help something that affects you 365 days of the year. No. So for me it's really simple things that workplaces can can you know, implements like having a desk fan. Yeah. <laughs> like that is so cheap. Yeah. That is so much cheaper than giving six days leave. And I'm telling you, it gives me more relief than having a day off, you yeah. know? Yeah. So 
it's really simple things like that. But I think the biggest thing about it is making it not a taboo topic. Yeah. And I think it's kind of we're at the point with perimenopause and menopause that we were with mental health 10 years ago. Yes. Yes. So I'm hoping it doesn't take 10 years to catch yes, up where so we do have I. Yeah. to check on each yep. other. I hope that this mm. will, you know, be a bit sped up. But Professor um, Jack did say that we're about 10 years behind the UK. Wow. So I'm hoping with social media and the way that news yes, travels that now, it, it will speed up. Speed yes. up. But, yeah, yeah. I think... We got let down by our schools. They taught us mm. about periods, how babies yes. were made, how not to have a baby. That's yeah. about it. That's it. Yeah. So workplaces kind of have to step up and it is about caring about their staff and treating them as a person, not as a number, and yeah. basically just making sure that they take care of each other. Yes. Yeah. And how to have that uncomfortable conversation. Like I go into that in the course, like, how to bring it up because you don't want to say to someone like it's like oh you're on your monthlies or yes oh you're perimenopausal <laughs> yeah. it has yeah. to be done with a lot of empathy mm. but imagine if you were presenting to a client and you got had a hot flush mm. imagine if the client just went oh can I get you a cold water yeah instead of like oh my god how embarrassing for yeah. her yeah you know like it's yeah. just if we just embrace it and go, this is what's happening to 51% of the population, yeah. well, 100% of women, if they live long enough, will go through this. Yeah, that's so the thing. It's why the, the hell are we not be talking exactly. about it? It's, it's the only guaranteed thing. It's like, you know, not yep. everyone not everyone gets married. Not everyone has babies. Not everyone buys a house. It's like all these big life things, but it's like every woman, every woman is going to go through this and um, I feel ripped off because yeah. I didn't even use my uh, vagina to have a baby you know I'm like <laughs> yeah that's it's like it's a wasted box <laughs> <Yeah>. really <laughs> I've only used it for fun not function yes. <laughs> the fun not function but <laughs> it's so funny but it is and that's what's so cruel about this is that it, it, it is it's just so it is debilitating and it does have such an impact across so many things in our life and and I think something for me that has taken a bit of a beating is like my confidence because of like because of the brain fog. Um, I, 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 it's you know, I mean, listen to me now. Uh, 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 like I lose my words. Words. I, yeah. I, I, I forget. I totally lose my train of thought. I've always been incredibly good at like you know, I meet someone, they tell me their name, I remember them forever. Now it's like I might remember their face, but I can't remember their name. Like it's all of that sort of stuff that knocks my confidence and then obviously there's the physical as well which um you know we could talk all day about that yeah. um but you know I feel like you know the outside doesn't necessarily match the inside anymore and you know given how open you are speaking I would love to ask um because you are a very you know yeah. you always come across as a very confident person but I'd love to hear what you know how this stage has impacted your confidence so I am very confident and I even teach confidence courses. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that I've probably been the best equipped for dealing with the blows to my confidence. Mm -hmm. I have definitely not had brain fog affect me as much as other people. And this is the other thing about perimenopause. Some people will have night sweats. I haven't had night sweats. 
and I'm like touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Yeah. You know, um, I but I got depression more than most people get depression. You know, so it's it's swings and roundabouts. But um, one thing I have been doing when it comes to brain fog and something that Dr. Ginny, she's done, she's actually got a book coming out soon about the brain. So okay. she's very focused on this. Yeah, We have to use the brain more. So first of all, try and go shopping, food shopping without a list. Mm-hmm. So you force your brain to remember. Yep. But then also if it's, silly things like where did you put your keys and stuff like that get into a routine yeah so you put your keys in exactly the same spot mm-hmm. if it's something that you cannot forget to take to work put a post-it on the dashboard of your car yeah what I have been doing with channel nine because I w- mm-hmm. I got a bit of a fear about forgetting or having brain fog while I'm alive. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's what that's ha- pretty terrifying. So that's never happened. It hasn't really happened. Uh-huh. But what I have had is I've I've often getting hot flushes uh-huh. while I'm on TV. <laughs> so and I I had it the other day actually. I was emceeing an event for Alliance and I was interviewing the swimmer Kate Campbell, who's yeah. divine, right? So it's the two of us up on stage, and I love that. So. I honestly was just like riffing off her, having a great time. And then she was talking about how part of the swim team now is about I've got your back. And she touched my back and she took it off like she'd been burnt. Oh, I was that on hot. Fire. And then I actually had some sweat dripping <laughs> off my jaw. Anyway, afterwards we were outside chatting because she's divine. And she's mm. like, I said, I'm so sorry. I know I shocked you when you put your hand on me. She's like, I I instantly knew it was a hot flush, but she's like, I had no idea how hot it would actually be. So that happens. And that I've actually just had to make a little bit of peace with and know I'm feeling it. The sweat might be dripping off me, but people in the audience aren't really going to see it. You know, yeah. I've just got to deal with it. I find that my hot flushes are quite anxiety uh induced and good anxiety as well as bad anxiety so okay. when I'm like up on stage with a thousand people yeah. I love it but yeah. that's still a form of anxiety yeah um and then the other thing with channel nine is I've just I just start taking notes now uh-huh. I take notes and mm-hmm. I have my notes there if I don't need them great if I do I can glance down right I'm not going to put that pressure on myself to be mm-hmm. perfect and yeah. and even like moving up here to Queensland I actually have a little app in my phone and I just write down the neighbors' names. Oh, you know, okay. like that sort of yes. thing. Because yep. I just I don't want to have the embarrassment of going, look, I'm so sorry. I know you've told me your name three times, but I have to ask again. You know, like so that yes. sort of thing. So yeah. you can help yourself when it comes to brain fog. The yeah. other thing, if it's in the workplace, and again, if you're presenting to a client or you're talking at a staff meeting. Mm-hmm. If everyone, if you say, look, my brain's not working that well today, if I miss a word, fill in the gaps. You know, yes. like own it. Yes. And don't feel embarrassed by it or paralyzed mm-hmm. by it. Because yeah. I think it can you can turn it into something that people don't mind mentioning. Yeah. And you then save yourself from, you know, making them feel awkward for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And it comes back to, yeah, having those conversations in the workplace. And Absolutely. yeah, that's that's great. But no, they're all really good. They're really good tips. So if you knew the impact of your symptoms, 
before, you know, before, mm. I mean, the fact that you didn't even know what perimenopause right. was, like, so I'm hoping that obviously having these conversations now that more people know about it before they're going through it. But if you knew ab- about what the impact was going to be, what would you have done differently? Recognize the symptoms. Okay. That yeah. would be my number one thing. Yeah. I think the fact that I wrote it off, and I'm sure so many women do because yeah. they're tired. They're mm-hmm. they're either running a business or they're, you know, working very hard and they're managing mm. a household and taking the kids to sport, all of that sort of stuff. Yep. Like we're already exhausted. Yeah. So it's very easy to palm off symptoms as I'm stressed Something I'm else. Yep. and my husband's a dick. You know, yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to see some stats on marriage breakups around perimenopause. I would, I would not be surprised yes. if it you'll, plays a very big part. I, you're talking to one. I, mm-hmm. I, I am one of those stats. I, yeah, like when you said about the symptoms, was my husband a dick or was I yeah. going through perimenopause? I know. It's like, <laughs> I know. which one was it? Which one was it? <laughs> I know, but it's like, so it's one of those things that I think forewarned mm. is forearmed. Mm-hmm. Education is key. It's about just not sweeping it under the carpet anymore. Yeah. I refuse to soldier on. Mm-hmm. I am not going to soldier on. I am going to put posts up where I'm in tears. I'm going to live my truth and share my truth because if it's happening to me, it might help someone else be honest about their symptoms. And honestly, if I had gotten help in the first one or two months, imagine how further along I would have come. It's it's, it's held me back in ways that I, I can't even explain. So I just think if I had known about it, I would have managed it rather than have it completely turn me inside out yes. and sit me on my ass for nine yeah. months. Yeah. So if anyone's listening right now who thinks that they mm-hmm. may be in perimenopause, living with those symptoms and just putting up with it, no. Don't. So here's the thing, though, and again, Lucky Dr. Jenny's not on this podcast with me. CPs <laughs> are pretty shit when it comes yeah. to perimenopause yes. and yes. And yeah. I'm and I look, you know what? Ginny will agree with me mm. on mm. that. In the 10 years that they study medicine, they do one hour on perimenopause. Mm. One hour. And mm. some of them skip that lecture, you know. Yeah. So it is not a case of, I mean, I've had because I have been very vocal on social media, I have had horror stories where women have written to me and DM me saying, yep. my doctor just told me to lose some weight or my doctor mm. just said, you know, you know, uh, harden up or whatever. Yep. Like it's just crazy. So what I always recommend is to go on to menopause.org.au, which is the Australasian Menopause Association site. Um, what they do there is they have find a doctor. So if you go there and you put in your postcode, you can find a GP or a gynecologist who has an interest and some extra research that they have done into perimenopause and menopause. Now, right. be warned, mm-hmm. they're, you know, not that many around. So, yeah. so on the Gold Coast, there are two. Out wow. of all the GPs on the Gold Coast, uh-huh. there are two. So the other thing to utilise is telehealth. Yep. Because then it doesn't matter where they're situated. If they have a real interest and empathy around perimenopause, it's going to help you 
like tenfold. Yeah. So get the right advice from a GP. Mm-hmm. Don't have someone who says go and get a blood test. Blood test, your hormones change every single day. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be helpful. So if the first thing they say is we'll do a blood test, then you can go actually we'll just stop the, you know, consult. Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do that. And then also Dr. Google, get on and read about the symptoms, read about it, find out some information. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've actually got in the Don't Sweat It course, which is mm-hmm. not particularly workplace related, but we just thought it was so helpful, is we've got a handout at the end, which is important questions to ask my GP. Yeah, great. And so you've got the list there. And the other thing is, if you've got brain fog, have someone you've else got, come with yes, you to the GP yes. appointment yeah. mm-hmm. so that you're taking it all in or take some notes. Yeah. Because it's really important. This is your life you're dealing with. And you really want to make sure that you are doing the right thing to look after yourself. The other thing, an important point I want to make um, is don't be afraid of HRT. So there are so many women still afraid of HRT because of that faulty Mm. study that was done years ago, Mm -hmm. linking it to breast cancer. That has been disproven. Yes. So it's one of those things that I think has been as harmful to women as people who say vaccines cause autism. Yeah. You know, like it's just not correct. Mm -hmm. So if you are fearful about that, speak to your GP so they can explain to you what was wrong with the study, why it was so skewed and how the HRT has changed since then anyway. Yeah. yeah. And you shouldn't have that that fear around it. Mm-hmm. If you do want to go a natural way, there are natural options. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's about choice. I'm never yeah. going to rule out anything. If it works for you, please do it. Mm. Just do something rather yeah. than ignore it. Yeah. We don't have to suffer in silence like our mums did and our grandmas right. and, and all that. Right. We don't we don't need to. And exactly. thank God, there are women like you, Shelley, flying the flag, being the advocate, being that voice that that we all need to hear because this is something else and I'm not sure, like the symptoms can go on for 10 years. Yeah. You know, like this is a this average is, is four big, to seven years. This is a big chunk of our lives and, you know, this is when, this is the fun part like you know yeah. this is when you know our kids well for a lot of us I know that there are some yeah. you know women that are that are still got little tiny kids in their 40s but for but most of us it's like yeah. kids are growing up like yep. this is this is when there should be an element of freedom in our lives and these shitty symptoms do hold back so much of you know what we but can you know be. one great thing because i mean it does sound all doom and gloom and i and yeah. i'm very yeah. aware we're not of we're that. not we don't want to terrify people but yeah we awareness. just want to scare them enough yeah. to get help yeah. but, <laughs> um there's a great there was some great research done in the uk that showed once you are postmenopausal, mm. that there is a what they call a menopausal zest and it's kind of like you said no fucks left to give (laughs) and you and but there's also some really important research behind it that's when women are like changing careers getting rid of the husband who does not you know suit their life anymore they're deciding to take up a hobby they want to travel more it's actually an incredible part of life coming up you've just got to get through the quagmire of perimenopause first yeah yes yeah. <laughs> Bring on the zest, I say. Bring on the zest. I love it. I love it. Shelly, one 
final question that I ask all of my guests before oh, we wrap you up. Do. Do you know? <laughs> um, can you please leave our listeners with a recommendation that's going to boost their business or their life, book, podcast, course, TV show, whatever it is? Okay. So What's this is recommendation? completely left field. It's not yeah. business. It's about your life. Yep. I am addicted to deep water running and I don't think enough people know about it. Okay. So deep water running is where you have a flotation device around your stomach and you're in a, a, a deep end of a pool Yeah. and you have an instructor and it's not water aerobics. You cannot touch the bottom, uh-huh. but you run in the water. And if you think about that, you've got resistance both ways, but yeah. you've got no impact on your joints. Uh-huh. I am obsessed with it because every time I do it, I feel like my spine gets longer. Ooh. I get quite a bit of lower back pain. It mm-hmm. is so good for my back. I am I can't run. I mean, I've got massive cans. Yes, like, thanks. At least, yes. Yes. At least in the water there. <laughs> We're not built for running. <laughs> yeah, it's extra <laughs> And then the other thing is um, if you are having hot flushes, it's cool. Yeah. Like, so it's a way of exercising. Like for me, the thought of going to a gym and doing, uh, you know, what is the high intensity interval training, which is what I used yep. to do. Yeah. Actually makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot do. So listen to your body, particularly when you get to midlife and learn what it responds to. And for me, deep water running is the key. Fantastic. Okay. And do you do that? You do that in a pool, don't you? You can do, yeah, yeah you do it in a pool yeah. or... There's actually, and this is not sponsored, I think it's a company called Fluid Running. You uh-huh. can find them on, like, Instagram. Yeah. They sell the flotation belt and oh. then also little ear- earplugs. Earplugs. No, mm-hmm. like, that play music and instruct you. You can do it in your own pool. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you don't have to wait to find an instructor. Do an instructor. There's that's quite nice. a few in Queensland. I think that's because yes. there's more pools and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. warmer up here. Yeah. But um, I just would like to challenge everyone who's listening to give it a go. Just that's give great. it a go. It's something, something new. As the weather not, warms up. You're not going to hurt yourself, and I think you'll find it's a lot of fun and it's hard work. That is a that's a great recommendation. It's a weird one, I know. I know it's a little bit. I I was thinking, what is you? I mean, God, you could. uh, This could have gone anywhere with this recommendation, (laughs) but that is such a great one and perfect. Yeah, with the weather starting to warm up here. So, um, Shelley, thank you so much. You have been an absolute. I know, gold I mine of information. I wish we could just keep chatting. We, I don't we, want to stop. Like it's going to be a four-hour podcast, everyone. What it yourself in, open a bottle of wine. We're just going to keep chatting. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, for people who do want more Shelly in their lives, where's the best place to connect with you and find you? So I am addicted to Instagram. So just yeah. find me at Shelly Horton 1. That's the number one at the end of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to do the course, it's www.dontsweatit.com.au. No apostrophe, which kills me as a journalist, yes. but you can't put an apostrophe <laughs> I'll in. I'll put the apostrophe in. I'll, I'll put that link in the show. That'd be great. Well, and then so, if you want to yeah. do the confidence course or some media training, that's my other company, which yeah. is shellshockedmedia.com. Brilliant. So, you know, just a few things on Jacqueline. See, this is the thing. You are a busy woman and thank you so much for making 
space and time for this conversation today. So important. And I know it's going to help lots of people. I cannot wait for the feedback. Thanks so much, Shelley. Thank you. It's been an absolute joy. Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.